Hey marketers, if you want to get the latest news, trends, and insights in marketing, advertising, and tech, check out the Adweek Podcast Network. Learn from leading voices across media and marketing with original shows like Yeah, That's Probably an Ad, Marketing Vanguard, and Tech Magic with Kathy Hackle. Start listening now by searching Adweek wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. Welcome to the Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and SAP. The Business of Marketing is where you get to hear from business leaders and innovators on how CMOs work collaboratively with their C-suite partners to drive business transformation. So, for anyone who is a CMO or aspiring to join the C-suite, this podcast will provide you with a deep dive into how to create cross-functional teams, establish clear internal communications, invest in customer centricity, drive technology innovation, and develop talent for the future. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show and have a wonderful day. On this week's episode of the Business of Marketing, I had the opportunity to interview an industry legend, Rodney Williams, who is the president and CEO of Belvedere Vodka. Belvedere is a fascinating company, a brand distilled with purpose at its core, from its commitment to nourishing the environment and reducing its carbon footprint, all the way through to the ways it connects socially with its consumers and communities around the world. And Rodney is the embodiment of all of this, a purposeful and empathic leader, a vocal advocate for building diverse and inclusive corporations, and someone who truly understands the power and importance of brand storytelling. Please enjoy this episode, which was recorded live during Adweek's Tempole Conference Media Week in April of 2021. Thanks again for listening and have a great day. We are so incredibly lucky to be joined 
by Rodney Williams, who is the president and CEO of Belvedere Vodka. Rodney, thank you for joining us. Welcome to Media Week. Thank you. Great to be here. And shout out to Danny, too. You guys are doing a fantastic job. Well, thank you so much. So, well, as I said, look, it's a huge honor. It's a real privilege to, to meet you, to take some time to talk to you today. So I want to sort of set the scene a little bit. So when we first conceived of the business of marketing, right, which is the sort of podcast that we launched earlier this year, we were driven by the idea that the function of marketing, particularly at the strategic level, is served best when the C-suite works together collaboratively. And so given that you came up through the ranks of the industry as a marketer first, and now of course serve as the president and CEO of Belvedere Vodka, I'm especially interested to hear your perspectives on the state of media and marketing today. I also wanna spend some time getting your insights on the importance of brand, how your relationship with your customers is changing, especially over the course of this last year. And also I wanna get into some of the most important priorities that you see as a leader today, particularly in regards to building an inclusive business and also one that is net neutral, at the very least, in terms of the impact of Belvedere Vodka on the environment. So let's start first by looking back over the course of this last year. Describe the impact of the pandemic on you as a leader and also on your business. Well, I think both me as a leader and on our business, the, the impact of the pandemic was pretty, pretty significant for us. As you can imagine, being a, a vodka brand, restaurant, bars, and nightclubs are a pretty important channel for us. And to have them closed down in North America, and Europe, and many other parts of the world was a big challenge. Fortunately, retail really picked up as did e-retail and, and e-commerce. But I, I think it forced everyone to really think very differently about the business where we had um, traditionally relied on experiential connections with our target audience to really amplify um, strategy. We now rely on digital media and channels to really project our plans, which were to launch not just a new campaign, but really a new platform, uh, a, a way of really connecting our consumers with everything that we do around this idea of being made with nature. A lot of people are surprised that Belvedere was all natural. So we have this whole platform through the line to really project the fact that we are all natural, that we have no additives and that we're gluten-free and such. But with the pandemic, you know, the interest in the platform certainly increased. You know, people are thinking about nature. People are thinking about what ingredients they're consuming. But at the same time, we were also scheduled to launch a new innovation. We have a, a new vodka called Heritage 176, which is it's malted rye vodka. We went back to the way vodka was made in the late 1800s in Poland to recreate that flavor profile. And it was really interesting, Toby, because we thought, okay, use digital channels, get it out there. What happens in recession in times of crisis is that people uh, retreat to quality. They will retreat to what's familiar. So it benefited our flagship Belvedere Pure 
but it may, it's made it really hard to break through with uh, something new like heritage, even with the 94 scores and the gold medals. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I saw an interesting data point recently around the ways that consumers have sort of upgraded their kind of liquor cabinets at home, you know, going from standard to premium, because typically they might access premium brands and particular premium liquor products when they go to a restaurant or bar, but now they're right. sort of like, okay, well, I'm stuck at home. I'm going to start to kind of upgrade the kind of whole situation. Let's spend a little bit more time talking about your consumers for, for a second, especially given these kind of, you know, shifts in, in behavior. How has the relationship changed, right? Because as a leader and as a brand and a business, I'm sure you're very conscious of ensuring that you are supportive of your consumers in a whole variety of different ways. But over the course of this year, what's also shifted is the ways and means in which you connect and communicate with your consumers. So as a result of that, how's the relationship shifted? Well, I think it's shifted in the fact that the consumer is much more in the driver's seat now. And it's become much more incumbent upon brands to demonstrate a more complete level of authenticity. So we've had to make things that are true about us discoverable. For instance, we've been working on sustainability since 2012 in a, in a pretty serious way. And, but we didn't really talk about it before. It was something that we did. We reduced CO2 emissions from 2012 to 2017 by 42%, we're first as distillery to win a green energy grant in 2018 from the EU. That information before the pandemic was kind of great for people who wanted to nerd out on sustainability. But now it's germane to a much broader audience who is online, who is making decisions online and finds this commitment to quality, this commitment to the environment important to their decision process. We are now, I feel as a brand, much more in a position of having to demonstrate and make easily transparent everything we do so that the consumer can ultimately make uh, an informed judgment. I, I want to unpack this even more because I think one of the other really interesting observations that certainly we're making and, and certainly we're talking about a lot this week is the ways in which the media and marketing technology landscape is shifting and obviously what that represents in terms of the challenges that are then presented to you as a business and brand in terms of how you connect and communicate with your consumers, particularly obviously during the customer journey. So if you don't mind, I want to drag you into the weeds for a okay. second. And I want to talk about the importance of first party data the cookie-less world that we are obviously about to enter into, and then also how divided the industry seems to be around things like personalization and privacy. And I'm really interested to hear your perspectives in regards to, first of all, to what extent are these topics important to you, in, in particular, in and around the conversations that you're having in the C-suite among your senior marketing leadership? It's a very interesting question, and we could have a long conversation about it. But in a nutshell... In the U.S., we've never collected data directly about our consumers because we sell through third parties, through distributors. What we have done is gotten much closer to those third parties as a result of this and feel that a lot more pressure to provide the right content through, with the right partner at the right time 
to, to the right consumer target. So it's made the exercise of reaching our consumer both more clear in terms of what some of the parameters are we can and can't do, but, but that much more of a challenge. Outside of the U.S. and Europe in particular, being a part of, of LVMH, you know, we certainly have adhered to GDPR standards. So again, the challenge here is to, is to really drive that, that, that content that, that's right. For us, and what I'd say more broadly about this whole situation is, it's, it comes down to issues of trust for the consumer. It, 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 it's interesting how the, the Times, the New York Times in the article just this morning about how videographers have, have you know, been able to really game algorithms in social media, enhancing conflict for political ends, either on the right or, or the left, I guess. And, and what it's done is it makes it much more difficult for the consumer to access channels and believe otherwise that they can trust the information that they're getting. And even in a convivial world like vodka and Belvedere, trust really matters. A number of our competitors in the U.S. say on the label gluten-free and Belvedere is made with rye, which is a source of gluten. But what people don't understand is all vodka is gluten-free. In fact, all spirits are, are gluten-free. The gluten molecule is eliminated with one path of distillation and we do four. So we now have a challenge here. How do you then get to the consumer this corrected information and have it validated in a way in which they know what, what to believe and, and what not to believe? I think we're going to continue to sort this out, but it has forced us on the brand side to err on the side of radical transparency so that we're providing enough information that the consumer can really make informed decisions without having to get to that uh, personalization, customization. And it segues beautifully to, to my next question because you've been a brand builder your whole career, right? And, and on many occasions, you've come in and turned around the fortunes of struggling brands. So given the shifts that we're experiencing today and how it's probably in the future just going to continue to become more difficult to reach customers, connect directly with them, particularly obviously around some of these like significant changes that are coming about in the cookie-less world that we're entering into. How important to you is brand and brand storytelling? I think brand storytelling is critically important now. Consumers have historically and continue to look at brands as being models for affirmation of their own values, you know, how they choose to live. But the storytelling piece is so essential in validating your specific brand versus another. So in, in the case of Belvedere and this whole idea of made with nature, it's important for consumers to understand what that means in terms of the product what that means in terms of CSR and sustainability and the work we're doing in, in that area. But as well, you know, we run around with the ethos of being unapologetically natural in everything that, that we do. And we think that also has to do with personality and human spirit and leans into um, DE&I. So, having a real center and core to the storytelling 
and being very consistent in how you tell it is essential for us. When consumers learn, for instance, that Belvedere is actually made in a distillery, the world's oldest continuously operating vodka-only distillery, 111 years old. Poland has a 600-year tradition of making vodka and appellates vodka, regulates it the way France or Italy or the U.S. regulate wine. There's an aha, okay, so what you're doing is special. It is, there is something unique and different to it. And, and th those elements of being able to bring the story to life are, are essential. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Related to this, of course, is your work to reduce Belvedere's environmental footprint and your push towards building a more diverse and inclusive brand, right, which is core to the story uh, and obviously something that you've touched on multiple times just in this conversation. You've talked a lot in the media, like in, in preparing this conversation, I, I read a lot about you and the work that the Belvedere is doing. And you talk a lot in the media about brand purpose, which, you know, to be fair, has become certainly top of mind for a lot of brand leaders over the course of this, this last year. But it's also a term that is sort of beginning to lose some of its like original meaning. And you've been quoted as saying that Belvedere is a brand that's distilled with purpose from the environmental side and nourishing the lands that you share to connecting socially with consumers and supporting organizations to help certain communities. So this is obviously important to you. Talk about why. And yeah. specifically, what I'd love for you to do is to share some of your thoughts in terms of why it's so important today. Well, pre-pandemic, you know, we've done a lot of research, five major markets, you know, three different continents to really understand the core values of the consumers that we were trying to reach and what is it about Belvedere that really connected with them. And this idea of, of naturalness and made with nature was incredibly resonant. What we think has happened as a result of the pandemic is we've all been sitting at home 
and you know, confronted with the power of nature and the need to really understand and appreciate what we're putting in our bodies, what we're consuming, where it comes from, a preference for, for simple, understandable ingredients is pretty much shared broadly. It's not just uh, the millennials and Gen Zers who are, who are interested in this. And so it's given us more affirmation of where we've always been. This was the gestalt behind the creation of Belvedere in, in the first place, is that a truly natural vodka would really be unique, different, and special and deliver a high level of quality. So another topic that has occupied the minds of C-suite leaders around the world is DEI and a push towards corporate diversity. Question for you, do, do you believe that change starts with leadership? And what are you looking for from your other C-suite peers in terms of action that will ultimately drive the greatest impact? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that, Toby, because it, it, change definitely has to start with leadership. Leadership has to be committed, genuinely, and engaged. But it's not limited to the C-suite. And the C-suite doesn't direct it necessarily even. You know, great ideas come from everywhere. And the, the, the challenge or the opportunity for the C-suite is to really create an environment where those ideas can be set free. I think that generationally, there are touchstones Previous generations, maybe wars, World War II, Korean War, you know, uh, 9-11 was a big touchstone. And I think we'll look back at this whole pandemic and the push for social and racial justice around George Floyd and the anti-Asian violence movement as a real watershed event on the DEI front, where we see it not only as business building to be embracive. Of, of different cultures and different people, but also as a part of connecting back as businesses to the communities in which we're, we're, we're participating. So specifically what we've done is we've had a number of all hands meetings where there've been some very cathartic, emotional dialogue around what's going on. And people really expose a lot of vulnerability. And I think what's also heartening is other people who didn't experience that express an openness to learn more. We had a, a young woman, an Asian American, who's typically pretty quiet, extremely competent, who was leading an Asian American at ERG. And she talked about her own personal experiences. And some of the guys on the calls were, were tearing up, but it really brought an open dialogue and I think more awareness and richness to what we need to do to work effectively, collectively going forward. And so I, I think we're in a real moment now where companies are genuine and serious about building environments within their ranks and within their local communities that, that make a difference. Part of this conversation, I think, also talks touches on and talks about the, the next generation of marketers. And you mentioned that you've obviously opened up this conversation and, and in, intentionally wanted to make it feel open and inclusive to all. 
But I'm curious to know when you think about the next generation of marketers, what are you most hopeful for? Particularly when you think about you know, professionals who are coming up through the ranks today. I'm really hopeful for a much greater uh, level of empathy. I think they have than maybe some of the older generations. I'll speak for myself. These guys grew up as digital natives where I didn't. And so I think at a pretty young age, they're exposed culturally to a much broader set of ideas and inputs than maybe some of us gray, gray heads did. And, and as a result of that, I think they're open to much more expansive thinking about what leadership looks like, about what collective uh, work looks like, about what community looks like. And as a result, that cascades back to the brands themselves and what it is that brands can help drive. So I feel very hopeful, to tell you the truth, in spite of what the news cycle is like about what the next generation of marketers can bring to the table. You touched on a couple of things that I want to sort of build on a little bit, because you talked about empathy and vulnerability. And this has come up so many times in my conversations with C-suite leaders over the course of the last year. And you're right. I think the next generation leads with vulnerability, which I think also opens up uh, an opportunity to be more empathic. But you strike me as an empathic leader uh, and someone who is connected to and understands why it's important to, to be vulnerable. To what extent if I'm right, of course, and to what extent is your ability to be empathic also connected to the fact that you are a marketer at heart? In other words, you've always, need, you've always connected to the customer and always needed to take the customer's perspective to truly understand what they need. Would you say that's like a, fa a fair kind of a a assessment? And, and to what extent has this been helpful to you as a leader, particularly obviously now that you're a CEO? Yes, to me, it's been enormously helpful. Given the fact that our distillery is in Poland, I'm here in New York. Our head of sales is based in Germany. Our head of education is based in, in London. So we're necessarily cross-cultural in the way we, we operate. And so I think having that level of empathy is certainly essential. I think the great thing about marketing is that as we recognize these microcultures and subcultures that exist in our midst and different ways to make connections, there's, a, there's, there's more value being put on a nuanced understanding of, of culture. And I, I think that's enormously powerful that people can show up and and be who they are, their whole selves is, is sort of a radical idea from a corporate standpoint. I can tell you for myself, when I started out at Procter & Gamble back in the 1800s, I had like a, a really full beard. I had spent the summer volunteering with the development agency in Africa. I, I quickly shaved because my I was there to find an apartment a couple of days before starting work. My boss said, come on in. I closed the hotel door and I realized I still had this beard. So I quickly cut it off. I, I, I've always had a mustache. I, I had to shave that too because I just cut it too short and hurrying. And the first thing I was told was, you shave your mustache. You're going to do really well here. And PNG's <laughs> culture has evolved from that. PNG. And, and I guess that's really the point is that 
we've evolved from thinking of ourselves and what we project as a quick cookie cutter, there's a right way and a wrong way, to really figuring out how do you put this mosaic together of all of these different nuances to really make it impactful. You know, and the thing for Belvedere, what we found is this reverence for nature and for being all natural is a platform for really connecting with people in a meaningful way. I think that the true test, Rodney, for you as an empathic leader is when your, your employees return to the office and whether you're going to be supportive of them being able to continue to wear athleisure wear to work every single day. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the real kicker. So as I mentioned at the top of the show, so this is obviously we're, we're recording the Business and Marketing Podcast live as part of uh, this event that's obviously taking place during Media Week. And the business of marketing is targeted at CMOs and also future C-suite leaders. And it aims to help them understand the role of marketing, not just in terms of driving business transformation, but also in terms of driving social and environmental change. So we would love for you to share your advice for how to nurture and develop collaborative partnerships with other members of the C-suite that drives this type of like transformative work that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say there are a couple of things to keep in mind. And one is that best ideas come from all quarters, like places where you least expect it, and not just in formal exchanges of presentations or brainstormings and, 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 and such. A, a second thing to keep in mind is that agility going forward is going to be incredibly important. And it, it's not just adaptability to different stimuli and different conditions, but agility in terms of how you learn, how you process new ideas, the way in which you most benefit from receiving information so that you can position yourself to work in a more optimal way to heighten your productivity. I think being at home for the last year, we've all had a chance to think about learning agility, but I really think that's a critical um, skill that uh, will serve marketers well going forward. So true. I have two more questions for you. One serious, one semi-serious. So sort of building on that a little bit, and this is also something I think is just so helpful to the listeners of our podcast. What's the one leadership lesson that you've learned over the course of this past year? Well, I think the one lesson that, that I've learned is that the definition of success has to also be extensible. You know, we look very much at market share and what are we driving in terms of top line sales and bottom line revenue. And I think in this pandemic, we were grateful for um, people's health. We were grateful for recognizing when someone felt stressed out or isolated, and it wasn't always obvious. We had a case of a very high performer who also has a couple of kids and hadn't realized the impact of, or thought about the impact of schools being closed on this person's performance and this person's just mental state. And once we did, we were able to share the load and, and, and try to lighten uh, up some of the pressures. But I, I, I think really coming out of this thing with the team fully engaged and whole is, is a success. So it's maybe elevated 
sort of the, the conditional factors of what it is to work together in importance uh, a lot more. Fantastic. All right, here's my semi-serious question. So when we confirmed you for this, I just immediately went out and celebrated by having a Belvedere Vodka Martini, which is one of my favorite cocktails. I'm curious, and I'm sure our audience would like to know also, what's your favorite cocktail that you like to make with Belvedere Vodka? I, I like a lot of them, but uh, my favorite is probably a Negroni made with Belvedere, a Smogori Forest, which is mm. one of our, our single estates. And if you haven't had it yet, we'll make sure. Oh my word. All right. Well, definitely. I, I have an afternoon of enjoying not just the company of Gary Vaynerchuk, but also the opportunity to taste wine and talk about marketing. As I said, when you and I were chatting in the green room, maybe this was a little bit of a missed opportunity, but actually probably for my health and ability to kind of stay on point <laughs> conversationally for the rest of for the rest of today, I think uh, I should probably push that off. But the Negroni idea is a killer one. I'll make sure that that is how I will wrap up my Friday afternoon and okay. media week. All right, Rodney, listen, this is uh, all the time we have, unfortunately. And honestly, I could just keep talking to you all day. So I'm just so appreciative of you taking the time being here with us and sharing your insights with our audience. Thank you so much again. Thank you, Toby. Great to be with Thanks for listening to The Business of Marketing, brought to you by Adweek and presented in partnership with SAP. The Business of Marketing is produced by Al Manorino. The executive producer is Brian Leddy. Support also provided by Erica Perry and Julian Gamboa. Please take a minute to subscribe and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.